The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, that's it? Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. I didn't realize I was with Sean Ryan. I was with Sean Ryan's father. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Is that Ace Ventura? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Don't tell your mother. <laughs> that was the... First one. Was that the first one? Okay. Yeah. Ray Finkel was uh, in the first one. The second yeah. one was the crazy one in uh, in Africa. That was the Monopoly guy. Yeah, and you <laughs> must be the Monopoly guy. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. the remarking. Uh, which one did you like better, the first one or the second one? Um, that's a good question. I think they were they were both equally dumb in their own way. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate dumb from him in both ways. Right. I think I think the first one was a bit more groundbreaking and classic. Yeah, and I think the second one was uh, a bit more stupid and absurd. Right. And I appreciate both of those types of humor. Yeah, it's interesting. I so I yeah I remember watching them back in what 1995. I think the first one was 94. 94. And I think the second one was like 97. So I had watched it back then and I thought it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. But I don't think it aged very well. Well, (laughs) of course it's. I I mean, the humor is different. I mean, when you, when you look at it from, because you, you always have to, I always consider the age of the actors. Right. So like, Jim Carrey was about our age now back then when he did maybe younger actually mm-hmm. when he did the first Ace Ventura and when you go back and realize oh my god he is as old as then as we are now or maybe younger and that's like I mean it's immature obviously right. but that's so are we but I mean just looking at it I'm like yeah no this was this this was a new type of thing, new type of comedy, and um, almost theater of the absurd. Oh, absolutely! Way. And uh, uh, but then I realized, wow, when you when you when you are you when you become a seasoned adult, and seasoned, I use the word liberally. You sort of look at it like, oh my gosh, Ace Ventura totally had autism or Asperger's. <laughs> Like Asper, like he he was Aspergers as fuck. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you would look at the script. This, they literally said in the script, Jim Carrey just does Jim Carrey stuff here. Right. You know. Um. And see, I think, I think the aging process of those movies is such that we remember them for their one-liners, 
their their yeah. their scenes, the the cells of humor, rather than the the artwork of a piece of film. You right. know, uh, and and the first one was clearly more of a film, if you will, than the second one. The second one was just total absurd comedy. Right. Um, you know, the only parts I didn't like was in the beginning of the second one with the um the raccoon or or what that he was saving. I thought that I was I couldn't as an HSP I couldn't handle that. Mm-hmm. But everything else I was I was totally down with. Um right. with which I was down. Down with which you were. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um who's got who's got the uh, Asperger's now? So Right. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. But yeah, it was it I mean we can still quote those movies like ad nauseum. And here's the other thing too. Those movies um had such different cuts because of the way that the standards for television were then versus now. Mm-hmm. If you watched uh Ace Ventura on home movie, mm-hmm. you saw a different version than you would if you watched it on Comedy Central. Right. And I'm not just talking about bleeping out you know the the stuff that's not suitable for TV. I mean, they literally had to change clips in it mm. in order to format it for time and and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, it was a it was a very very strange thing. And now you know now we live in this this world of information where you go see a movie, you buy the DVD or the Blu-ray, and you're getting deleted scenes right away. You might even yeah. get the deleted scenes on YouTube shortly after the movie is released in the theater for crying out loud. I mean right. they, they these these or streaming platforms right. whatever. They, these companies, these you know, these these movie um studios and whatnot are looking at so many different ways to bring eyeballs and consequently dollars for their for their films that all of this is just a marketing ploy. And yeah. to look at it as an artistic thing is really not their their game at all and that kind of leads me into one of the first things that about which i would like to speak on today's show but before we do that i have to note that yes hey welcome to how you play the game (laughs) the official podcast of the yosef foundation incorporated yours truly jack furlong with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned this is the second episode of the month of july the year is 2023 so happy you can be with us as always check us out online the website is osipfoundation.org you can use that to submit your stories of, of sportsmanship if you would like. You can also email the show using the address podcast at osipfoundation.org. On social media, we are at facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram are both at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Got ourselves a web, a web a YouTube page on the interwebs. Um, always check out our apparel store on Bonfire. Our book is available on Amazon, and I think I've plugged just about everything and across the way from me on the screen as always is the producer engineer of the show mr sean ryan sean hello how are you check out this shirt i can barely see that can you move closer to the screen the golden girls the golden girls but in ninja turtle form okay now get back to the microphone and say for me, with me, the Golden Girls in Ninja Turtle form. Yes. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is absolutely beautiful. Isn't that great? <laughs> I want I want you to have this one, buddy. This I'm not gonna steal the shirt. I'm not gonna this one's all you. You can yeah. 
This, I this, figured you'd appreciate oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I bless you, my son, even though you're God. Yeah. I Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I saw it on, um, I saw it on Amazon and I was like, and, and they, cause you know, prime day is, of course, you know, happening. Yeah. So I look at it and I'm like, and, uh, I was like, oh my God, next day delivery. Hell yeah. So yeah. I got it, uh, just a couple days ago and, uh, yeah. And, that's uh, not a want. That is a need. That's a need. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, so I've been wearing this and this is my house shirt. Okay. Um, so You're hurt, washed, if you will. So it gets washed like once a week. If that. Well, because you know what, though? When you wash these shirts, you have to turn them inside out. Yeah. Because or the, or the fa it fades, right? Yeah. So, but even if you turn it inside out, like it's still going to wear away. Over That's why you got to wash them on delicate. Yes. Wash them on delicate inside out. I learned that one. Yeah. In cold water with mild yeah. detergent. Well, my problem is my my washing machine doesn't have cold water. What does your washing machine have? Hot water. Only hot water. Yeah, even I if think, you set it even if you set it to cold, it still comes out hot. I think it's time for you to burn the entire unit down. I think you need to I need and to collect on the insurance. And, yeah, exactly. I think your entire townhouse unit there has to be burnt to the ground out of principle. Great. So I can okay. pay for everyone else's homes as listen well. maybe you should have thought of that before your washing machine only had hot water <laughs> or i could you know fix the washing machine well you know what if you were gonna go that <laughs> route why don't you just lead with that okay <laughs> i'm over here i fixed two toilet handles this week i felt like a real man all right you want me to come over and fix that i'll flood your freaking house but i'll do it okay <laughs> I'll turn off the water first. Thank you. you thank can... you. I got just all of a sudden this testosterone is just coming out of me. It's Anything kind of to save this Ninja Turtles Golden Girls shirt. Ninja, I, Ninja Girls. Ninja Girls. Golden I, Turtles. I, I Golden <laughs> Turtles. My Golden Turtles shirt. Uh, okay. I now challenge you to write a piece for the Pops that is a hybrid of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Golden Girls. The, the Thank you for being a friend in Ninja Turtles. Yes. Perfect. Thank you for your being a friend. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for, for being, being a friend. friend. Thank, Thank you for, for being a friend. We are the Golden Turtles, and we're dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Are they not? They are. They're all, yeah. unfortunately, not with us anymore. Right. Every so every couple of years, I rewatch that show. Oh, Golden that's Girls. nice. Yeah, it's it's a great show. It's um. It's, yeah no it is it is a good one um <laughs> nothing like a bunch of uh old ladies having sex right yeah um <laughs> before to get off the subject of old ladies having sex let's jump real quick to something i wanted to say now that we're together um right. thank you to everyone who helped make our first annual gala a huge success um we raised over five thousand dollars uh for the cause and it was a lovely night um it was so much fun and people are already asking about when we're going to do it again so it is it, it it was such a wonderful thing uh sean had had a i think i speak for sean when i say i think he had a good time oh um, great it was it was so much fun so yeah. we're already looking at details for next year um we have a meeting in uh, september to try and sit down and start hashing some stuff out and I think the uh, target for next year will be the first weekend of June. Like that's like June 1st or 2nd, somewhere in that area. So okay. uh, 
we're so we're we're already thinking. So um just wanted to once again say thank you and how much we appreciated everything. Um Sean even had to speak, even though I wrote a speech for him. So you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. Because I would have had no time to write one. I was so busy then. There you know what the you know what the weird thing was? I, I can't remember if I told you this or someone else. Um I, I had to write your speech and I had to write Caitlin's speech. And immediately, like the next day or two after, I was like, wait a second. I wrote both of those speeches in my voice. Caitlin would never use the word dissemination. <laughs> I would. Right. So, and thankfully, Sean's speech was only about a page because he doesn't want anything to be too long. Right. I get tired. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much so. That that explains so much. And I'm not going to go to the, uh, the 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 phallic way of of things being too long. I'm going to instead say you get to about hole 13 and you're you're breathing heavily. Well, here's you know? the thing. Well, yes, because um, I'm fat and tired. But right. Uh, the um the we, so at the gala was at the Makefield Highlands Country Club and we right. were surrounded by golf course the whole right. night. And I had to kept I kept having to go over to Jack and be like. I'm itching. I yeah. need to get out there. And I know I, I'm in a. I know I'm in a tuxedo, but I need to. I need to hit some balls. We. Okay? <laughs> I had to keep. I had to keep bringing Sean over to the bar, and I practically put an IV of red wine in his in his <laughs> arm, just saying, "Calm down, buddy. It's gonna be okay." No, but you agreed. No, That's I know. I was there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm totally not trying to be a negative nancy here <laughs> i'm trying to be a problem solver okay right, right. Maybe, maybe or as timothy dalton said maybe more of a problem eliminator there you go you know oh gosh. so um but yeah it was a great time and um we i, we, think, I i'm sorry to interrupt i think carolyn said we made more than um well you said more than five thousand yeah because right? okay. she because she when she was looking at the the numbers for the um silent auction she had misplaced a couple of the the sheets afterwards so when she sent me the original number and i did the math it was actually less than what uh we had actually made so okay. i went back and i looked at it and i was like yep no you're right i Good. you know because i i didn't have the full figures i had like the final total and then i started adding things up and whatnot so it yeah that's what it was no. That's but it great. was it was fantastic someone actually asked me the other night who the attendees who were there i ran into them on uh, monday night at the bar and they asked about it and they said was it a success and i said yeah i told them how much we had made and everything and they were yeah. they were over the moon yeah that's good so they're already again they were one of the people who were like we want to say that we were at the first one and we're going to be at everyone after and yada 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 and i was like this now is i might have to actually buy a tuxedo you may have to yeah. you may have to. but if if osip has a a a metric shit ton of money just give me the receipt okay all right so Sounds like a plan. I'll let you know when that's the case. Okay. Okay. Great. Um. So anyway, when we were we were talking about um, nothing being sacred, if you will, mm -hmm. and I must ask, is nothing sacred anymore? And I ask that somewhat sarcastically, but there are a couple of things that have happened in the past few weeks that got my attention kind of along that realm and and there were ways that sportsmanship kind of worked themselves into it um let me start with the uh kind of the less of the importance and we'll move we'll move up in that way so sure um this past week we had uh the all-star game in seattle and um 
Then the Yankees came out and made an announcement shortly thereafter, and both have something to do with a common denominator here, and that's uniforms. So Nike is the supplier of the uniforms for uh, Major League Baseball, and the uniforms that they are wearing during the All-Star game, uh, just just they're, they're not working out. The, the commissioner through and through Nike, they have this idea that they all have to be wearing the same uniform when they're playing on the same team in the All-Star game. And I think that most of the fans, especially after what I was reading just today, are saying, uh, this sucks. This absolutely sucks. It's nothing sacred anymore. There is something to the idea of wearing uh, your own team's uniform at at the game. Now you can dress it up a little bit, you know, put some put a little gold on it, whatever the case may be, in order to, um, you know, show that they're all stars or you know do something a little different for marketing purposes and whatnot. But you 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 showcase the team that you pl- for which you played while playing for your league in that game. And it was just, it, it, it. obviously in the long run, the uniforms are not that big of a deal. And I know I sound like the old man who yells at the cloud, <laughs> but it's it's just, it, it drives me nuts. So each individual team had their version of an all-star jersey? Or... No, if, you, if you Google it right now. I am. Okay. I'm looking it up. So so essentially what they did see what they used to do from like the mid 90s onward was they would come up with an a, like an all-star batting practice jersey and they would have one for the American League, one for the National League. And I think they also kind of added in the hats then to to go along with it. And uh, they were kind of like opposite colors, and the colors would represent, you know, the the host city, and the design would represent the host city a little bit, um, you know. And they'd say American or national across it. And it was it was kind of cool. It was again, it was it was very neat marketing. They wore it for uh, batting practice. They wore it for the workout day and the home run derby. But then when the game came, they were wearing either their their team's home jersey or their team's away jersey, depending upon which team was the home team versus the away team. Um, as time went on, they then, they stuck with that, but then they started to change it a little bit where the, the, the home and away jerseys would be altered slightly to represent the fact that these are all stars. So there would be like some gold trim or they'd put, you know, a patch on it that says how many times this particular player had been to the all-star game, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, so which, which again, I don't think anybody had a real problem with that in 2021. The first time this happened was they decided to give, you know, give the teams their own uniforms. So and remember, in 2021, this was the year that it was supposed to be in Atlanta and they moved it to Colorado because clearly, you know, what the government does has to affect Major League Baseball. Oh, my God. You know, I think we talked about that on an episode. So the uniforms that they wore that game one was solid blue one was solid white and they were individualized with you know like the team's logo on the chest and like a three letter word mark but then that was it so everyone was either in white or blue essentially okay all right ugly as hell 
mm. made no sense. And that was that was but, in 2021. Yes. Okay. 2022, they kind of split the baby in half. And this was probably the least offensive of this. They basically said, okay, the home team is wearing all white. The road team is wearing like a like a graphite charcoal gray, but they're going to have the official design of the home or away jersey, and it will just be all in gold. So Aaron Judge shows up wearing the, the graphite charcoal gray jersey, but it says New York across the chest because that's the away jersey for the Yankees, and it's just in gold. Not too bad. You know, by contrast, um, you know, teams in the National League, like it was it was at Dodger Stadium, so Clayton Kershaw had the Dodgers uh, logo across the chest, all in gold. So you're basically kind of like taking away the pinstripes and the piping and things like that and the color of mm-hmm. the particular team, but you're keeping the, but the font of the, the font of the of the team and whatnot the and the logo. The it's same. So it's not the end of the world. I could have lived with that. OK, mm-hmm. this year, because the game was in Seattle, they designed two new jerseys to kind of represent the different colors that the Seattle Mariners use. So okay. the, the the American League, the home team, wore a like like, like a teal mint green jersey yeah, with that. white pants, okay. and the road team wore a navy blue jersey with black pants, and both teams wore a mint green hat, and it was as I'm watching the game last night, I felt like it was so sterile, it was so neutered. I did not get, you know, and again, I feel, you know, and the reason I tie this back into sportsmanship is because of the idea of, do we really have to argue about is nothing sacred, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and, and, and should we be having these, these arguments? Because I was thinking about posting some of these things, you know, just to get my, these feelings off my chest. And then I realized we have a podcast. I'll do it there instead. But, you know, you, you, you post something like this on social media and immediately the critics come out and start calling you names like, you know, old man who yells at cloud kind of a thing. And you start to take a step back and go, does this really matter? So so that was the first part of it. Hmm. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that to continue that discussion. I mean, I, I didn't see the All-Star game, but I would imagine that um, with the colors of the stadium already, wouldn't it be kind of hard to see them because they would be blending in? <laughs> Like uh, yeah. in a way, like I mean, it would seem like it would be pretty dead, um, even though green is like a sign of life. Yeah. But like, but if everything's green, I uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it would seem like to me that it would be kind of it's a bit of an eyesore. Yeah. Um, and I like the combinations, especially that they used of like green and blue. And I mm-hmm. thought that those jerseys would have made great batting practice jerseys. Like I would have worn them workout day, home run derby, the whole thing. Right. And then you wear your normal jersey for the game. Yeah. The, you know, this was just, it was very difficult to watch. And, you know, normally I get really excited for the all-star game and things like that. And I was like, as I'm, and I, I had trivia last night. So I did trivia before the game. And then when I wrapped up, I'm sitting at the bar there and we turn on the game and the introductions and whatnot. And it was, it was just so sterile. Like I Mm. literally felt nothing for it. And I was like, wow, Mm. I cannot believe that now that I'm 40, the, the, 
the angst that I used to have for that game is minimized. Right. You know? So, again. Well, I think the All-Star game has gotten pretty. I think that, I mean, in my in my view. Thank you, Tim. Um, I feel like the what the All-Star game used to be was a collection of players who were the best at their game who would just have fun. And they did. And, and I'm sure they did, yeah. Yes. But I feel like so much is going on in the background now, like statistics and, like, people are afraid of, you know, someone getting injured or or what have you, like with home run derbies in yeah. particular, like, oh, we don't want to wear anyone out. Right. And, and everything. I'm like, I feel like the the end-all, be-all goal of winning – sort of supersedes the ceremonial exposition. The, I was going to say the exhi exhibition nature. Ex exhibition, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I know that the winner gets home field advantage. No, that's gone now. That's um, been gone. Oh, it, has it? That's been gone. Yeah, read a newspaper. I know. <laughs> oh, wait, you don't read. No, I don't. No. Um, when did that change? That changed probably about year or two maybe three before the pandemic oh shit yeah where have you been <laughs> i don't know um okay so well now what is it just the bit winning record right it's that and there's money involved for the players they like the purse that goes to the uniformed personnel like they they basically split it two-thirds one-third so the winning league gets two-thirds of the purse and the other league only gets one-third of the purse Okay. You know, so you're, you're not, you're again, you, you're playing for a bonus, if you will. There's, that's the only incentive. There's nothing that affects the game otherwise. Okay. Why don't they just play it at a neutral spot? That's what they do. They pick a different year, a different place every year. No, no. I mean like the world series. Why don't they just pick a stadium? That's not home to either one, either team. They did that in the pandemic year for uh travel purposes oh, that's right okay you know yeah. but again you're talking about you're talking about the, the 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 travel nature of the whole thing you don't know who's going to be in the game until very very the very very end and there are seven potential games so well, it's a, just make things happen quick come on why am i working with you today i don't know i'm i'm having i'm having a day already man <laughs> jeez <laughs> I'm already like I want to reach through the screen and just strangle you yeah, and say, "Will you get some cold water for your washer?" I know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I got to figure out what's going on. So anyway, <laughs> kind of moving on. Yeah. Um, the announcement that came down mere hours after the All Star game, the New York Yankees have finally decided to put an advertising patch on their jersey. They have partnered with Star Insurance, and the, the contract says that they will be wearing the Star Insurance patch on their sleeve through the 2031 season. Oh, my God. Um, this is new this year that all teams are allowed to wear one patch that is you know specified in dimensions and whatnot for you know for advertising purposes. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that most people thought that the New York Yankees would not go down this road. 
because their uniforms are sacred. Right. And yet here we are and they're not. So you start to wonder, you know, like, again, you're scrolling through Twitter, you're scrolling through through the news and whatnot, and people are upset about it, you know? Yeah. And, and I start to wonder, like, is, you know, again, in terms of sportsmanship, I know this probably doesn't matter, but do we do, you know, what is sacred anymore? And are we... You know, should I should we not be holding on to these sacred norms, these unwritten rules, et cetera? Mm-hmm. You know, and and furthermore, and this is where the sportsmanship really comes in. I think if you have an opinion that is dissenting to a degree, why do we then turn around and just decide to shit on the parade of the other people? Right. That's the thing that I think really puts it over the line. Is that if I were to go on Twitter and post a thought that says. I don't like these all-star uniforms. I'm upset that the Yankees are now wearing a patch. You realize how many people are going to see that and reply back with, all right, Boomer, like, okay, Boomer, settle down. You're you're a fucking old man. Get mm-hmm. a life, not the end of the world, yada, yada, yada. Rather than right. seeking the, the the strength and numbers and the comfort, you know, the misery that loves company, right? you know? So why do we... As a as a society, feel it's necessary to get our opinions out there when they don't really matter to that to that degree. Mm-hmm. Why do we care? Why why do we care? First of all, why do we feel the need to express it, and then why do we feel the need to retort to the, those who are expressing their opinions? You know, I think it's that I think it's that psychology of the of being on the winning team. It's a pride thing too. Yeah. I mean, it feels good to complain about something. I mean, like your washing machine, right? Yeah. I think the issue is that when we complain about something we know is sensitive to a mass audience, you're going to have very polarizing views. As a result, you're going to have some people who either are with you or against you. And as we know, only a Sith deals in absolute. I was waiting for that. Um, But the big thing is that, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's a pride thing. Um, it feels good to be able to all agree on something like a big mass of people agreeing on something. Uh, ergo the woke mob. Right. Um, you know, when they, and I get it. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, as much as I don't like that whole mentality, I understand why it, it, it exists because it feels good to rally for something that you think is a big deal um, and you have this common belief that everyone has, but just because it feels good doesn't mean it's necessarily right. And I think that um, when the, the internet has made us sort of, you know, this whole, we need instant gratification thing where if someone posts an opinion, you immediately have to, and if you don't agree with it, you immediately have to retort and say, no, I don't like this because you're an idiot. Um, I think face to face, that conversation would be much different. Yeah. And I think the internet has, you put up a wall, this electronic wall kind of makes you sort of invincible. Like, oh, they can't get me. I could say whatever I want. Yeah, you're hiding behind a facade. And that's the id. That's mm-hmm. our that's our psychological id. 
And when you remove that shell and you actually have to like be a person, it makes it more difficult to respond like that, which I think is good because we are each other's, I mean, we, I guess we slow each other. We slow each other's ids down by the realities of the present, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the, the, and how we are, uh, around each other, the humanity, if you will. Right. Um, you know, so I feel like the ability to have a conversation, even if it's, even if you don't agree, just respect each other's opinions. That's a, that's something that can be easily attain obtainable, but you'd have to interact with people, I think in person, but there are people online who can do that. Yeah. You know, um, you always have to think of, well, why does this other person feel this way? And you have to ask yourself that question. And then, you know, just kind of align your, align your way of, of, of talking or your way of thinking and rationalizing with that person's feelings to then reach a common ground in some sort of way. And if you can't, that's fine. You don't have to. Right. But, you know, just at least hear the other person out without, 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 you know, without uh, chastising them or without, um, you know, uh, without impugning them over just one little, one little opinion that you may not, okay, you don't agree with it or, Hey, hey, you know what? Maybe you do, and you just want to be an asshole. That's very true. <laughs> you know, like, well, you, you, well, that goes back to when we talked with Jamie Madigan many, many moons ago about the fanboy experience. In that, you know, it's not so much about being on the right side; it's about being on the winning side. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people whose psychologies say, "I don't care what side I'm on, as long as I win." And that that fanboy experience plays a big role in that um you know you 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 you, these these opinionated matters which in the long run probably don't mean anything other than marketing and bottom line dollars and profits Mm -hmm. you know really really drive us sometimes to say you got to be on either this side or that side and there's no in between and you know if you're not on my side as the sith deal in absolutes (laughs) you're you're my enemy Mm -hmm. and What's funny about it, too, is that, you know, we spend so much time talking about, you know, winning and losing with, you know, humility, grace and dignity in terms of the world of competition. You know, we, we talk about this at OSIP about, you know, if you know, you're on the, you're on a ball field, you know, winning and losing. Or we have to we have to change our mindsets about that. And people will probably start to pay attention to that. But the psychology of that formula and that experience might be subdued on the on the playing field where there's athletic competition and physical dexterity, but it will copy and paste itself, or in this case, possibly cut and paste itself over to these other arguments, these other competitions, if you will, that mm-hmm. we may not pay much attention to them because of we don't categorize them the same way. We don't categorize an argument about which uniforms we like and which uniforms they should be using the same way that we categorize which team is better, you know, or which side is better, PlayStation or Xbox. Well, 
South Park. <laughs> exactly. And, but that was the whole fanboy experience yeah. that, that right. Jamie was talking about, you know? I think and, we had talked about that South Park episode on yeah, the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So so there's you know, you talked about the about the id. You know, there's this that, that whole suppression idea in our psychology as well as rather than working through this, we're you know, we're just suppressing it and it gets moved so it actually explodes later somewhere else. Serenity you know? now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's that's exact or hoochie mama, if you will. Right. You know? So the idea is that all of us, if we're going to make steps forward in sportsmanship, we kind of have to pull the curtain back and realize it's not just about, you know. Are you Yankees or Red Sox or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be? It's no matter what the opinion is, can you take a step back and realize that this is not life and death? Right. You know? And the consequence to that is that it does remove some of that that sacredness to it to a certain degree. You yeah. know, you start questioning what is truly sacred. I mean, the fact that I'm now saying like this experience that I used to have around the All-Star game no longer gives me the same chills. You know, because you start right. to grow up a little bit. You start to see it for what it really is. And it's a shame because you miss that excitement. You miss that, you, you know, you miss the 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 goosebumps of, of you know, and the chills running down your spine for, for, for all of this. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you realize this is reality. Yeah. And reality does not have to be you're either for me or against me. Yeah, you know, what it's funny is that... Um... When I when I was I when I had cable I would yeah you know, watch the S network and this is back in the maybe ten or fifteen years ago and um, I remember the commercial where they would have you know uh, I don't know what they would hot dog day or whatever some 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 like f promotional thing on for Yankee Stadium and you'd hear that trumpet in the background. Yes. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Anytime like, they were advertising and, a promotional day. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, wow, that sounds so fan it's such a fanfare. It's like a it's a no noble fanfare for such a his historic team. But then when you pull yourself back from it, it's like this is an advertisement for yes. bobbleheads. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> This, 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 <laughs> like, this is a Derek Jeter bobblehead. Right. This is, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's this, this, this team that we are trying to market <laughs> as the gold standard of the, the, the regal monarchy that is baseball, the tradition and the history. We just added a patch to advertise an insurance company on right. our jersey. I mean, right. And, you it, know, and I don't think I, it's, first of all, I love that fanfare. Um, I think that's really cool, and I think we should play it. Okay. Um, but breaking some the, new ground here on the podcast. But uh, but I think that I I think it's it's okay to have respect for something without feeling like it's sacred. You know, I I feel like you can respect the uniform because of how many wins that the Yankees have had and it is an iconic uniform right. for sure um and i think that you know when you when you look back on it it's just the Yankees have been around forever i mean right. they've been around since the 
I mean, the seems Yankees like the dawn of man. Current, yeah. Current form. I mean, yeah. since the twenties, right? I mean, like, I think it was even earlier than that, you know, well, I, I mean, think, in the, yeah. in the uniform in its current form. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. More or less. Yes. Like the twenties. Yeah. Because the pinstripes and if you look back at like old footage of, um, like Babe Ruth and whatnot. Yeah. It, somewhere, somewhere in that general vicinity is where, right. you know, that started to happen on a, on a consistent basis where you have the pinstripes. So I would say it's, there should be historic value to it. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that there should be an, a, a modicum of, of respect and decorum when it comes to a, any baseball uniform, really. But yep. I mean, with the Yankees, it, there's a little bit of, you've got the wins and you've got the legends and, you know, Monument Park and all that. Yeah. Um, you know, so there is, there's a lot of weight and history to it. And that I can respect. Um, the... I think, unfortunately, the whole, you know, the advertisement patches um, is unfortunately the wave of the future. I yeah. mean, I, I, I really don't think it's going to stop at one. I think we're going to get to a point where every player is a walking billboard. Um, and I mean, you've already seen it on the on the field. They put behind the pitcher's mound. Oh, yeah. They, they, whether they, they chalk that, it into the mound or they superimpose it via graphics on the TV have a graphic, screen. Right. Yeah. Have, I mean, you have, uh, so then at some point you, you think, well, why not? I mean, we're watching the players. Yeah. Let's not put, let's not strap something to them. You know, you know, the, 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 something that I just kind of popped into my head as we were talking about this. Okay. So you, you brought up the great example of the fanfare and then the bobblehead. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're you're setting this you're, you're setting a scene of we are trying to advertise ourselves as the majestic, you know, um, North Star of all of baseball. Come out to this game. You get a bobblehead. Right. All right. <laughs> In a way, it's almost the same argument of you're either with me or against me. It's like you mm -hmm. got to pick a side because because now we can almost call the Yankees out or I'm using the Yankees as an example here. We can kind of put whatever we want in that placeholder. Right. You're you're utilizing this sacred nature of your franchise to then market a bobblehead. Right. OK, you are you're you're I mean, and this is probably an obtuse way of saying it. You're almost selling your soul. You're basically yeah. saying I'm selling <laughs> I'm selling what I have this 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 beautiful spiritual perfect entity to make more money. Yeah. Okay? And and no matter you know no matter where we go with this it's let me take this you know it's 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 almost to the point of saying if you go to a church okay do we still think that churches are the sacred grounds that they are? Or are we going to walk into churches soon and start seeing advertisements behind the altar? You know, right. today's communion is brought to you by Star Insurance. You right. know, when Jesus can't get you out of that jam, call Star Insurance. Right. Or are you going to walk into a church and see an ensemble performing? Oh, that, that happens a lot. Whoops. <laughs> at least that wasn't the dumbest thing you've said today so that's fine <laughs> no i think i no i i i agree with that um i think that comes down to personal preference and personal belief um you know it's 
I mean, everything everything has to be taken in context, right? Right. So, like, if you're looking, you know, okay, Yankees, Christianity. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, again, okay. I, I'm using I'm using <laughs> like, very obtuse examples here, or, 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 or Catholicism, or whatever, whatever you want, the, just any religion yeah. where we because because religion in itself is a you know is, is an ex, uh, an examination of the sacred and the profane if you will and granted right. you know if you I, I believe it was i believe the author's name was uh Mircea Iliada who wrote that book called the sacred and the profane mm. and and the idea is to say it's not so much about something being sacred versus a, a naughty word or anything like that it's profane is the opposite of sacred so you're either sacred or I you're not secular. sacred. I thought secular was the opposite. Well, in terms of in terms of this theological discussion, in okay. terms in terms of the 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 economic practicality of things, sacred and secular are okay. are the opposite. Okay, in terms of theological, you know, it's that that's the argument that he's essentially making okay. in 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 his book, and that's the discussion that we're having here is, are we you know, whatever we decide to make sacred in our lives, we, you know, that's on us to a certain degree. But mm -hmm. then it becomes the question of, are we going to let other people, other entities, corporations, you know, economics, et cetera, help us determine what is sacred? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening here with these uniforms is that the the the, the general public has this unwritten rule about what is sacred and the you know the people who are in control of the sacredness uh just came out and said and eh, we're going to change it kind of like what happened with the catholic mass in 2012 when they retranslated it the the amount of stuff that was changed people were up in arms about the change and it was really because you know deep down it was about a change to what is considered sacred and the and the church was trying to trying to convince people that this is more sacred but again now you're getting the idea of the of the familiarity the routine the ritual you know all those things and that's probably what's going into stuff with with why we consider the yankee uniform to be so sacred because of the routine and the ritual and the tradition and mm -hmm. you know even if god himself came down being you right. came down and said listen the Yankee uniform is still sacred, even with an advertisement on it. People would rebel against God, being you, saying, "No, you're wrong, God." You know, so, yeah. so, so, so that's why we, you know, in terms of sportsmanship and these arguments, we really have to kind of pull the reins here and dissect it different ways. Mm -hmm. You know. That kind of leads me to one more thing that I wanted to, to briefly discuss today. So right after the gala and my birthday, we had Domingo Herman of the Yankees pitch the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. And and it's very it's, it's again, the, the level of sacredness that goes to this perfect game is such because you think about when Major League Baseball officially began it, like two centuries ago mm. and how many games have been played only 24 of them over more than 100 years right have been perfect that's how hard it is to do so domingo herman pitches a perfect game 
And immediately, if you scroll on Twitter as this is happening, people are shitting on him because of a checkered past. Okay, so Domingo Herman, if, for those who, who do not remember, okay, here are the things that he kind of has going against him just for the sake of dissemination of information, not opinion. He, first of all, uh, almost announced his retirement via Instagram over something that we're that we're still not sure about. We think it was whether he wasn't making a team or something like that. It was it was, there was this weird episode where he announced his retirement in a coded manner via Instagram and then retracted it. Okay. Then he had a domestic violence uh, incident, which is documented on on the web on the web, and you can figure that out however you want. Um, essentially he was suspended by major league baseball, I believe for 81 games. So he served a penalty for that this year alone. He had on field violations where, first of all, as the, you know, as the league is trying to be very careful about the sticky stuff that pitchers are using in one game against the twins, he was told to wash his hands and there was controversy. And then shortly thereafter, the same umpiring crew had them in Toronto, and he was ejected for applying a foreign substance. And he was suspended and fined, etc. He's a very imperfect man in terms of that, and yet he threw the perfect game. And in this realm of social media, where everyone's opinion can be quickly posted, the amount of stuff that came out about him that essentially said, you know, don't get too excited. He's still a, you know, he's still a wife beater. He -hmm. still cheats. He still does this. You know, it's, it's a lot different than how it was when David Cohn and David Wells threw their perfect game or Don Larson for crying out loud. Right. You know, Um, it's just, it's, it's nuts to think that. I mean, the, the, the headline after Don Larson's perfect game was the imperfect man throws a perfect game. And, you know, he was imperfect just because he wasn't that good of a pitcher prior, mm-hmm. you know? So all of a sudden someone came out of nowhere and threw a perfect game. And it's kind of the same thing with Herman. Herman is not a, you know, a, a, a top draft pick. He's not a Garrett Cole. He's not an ace. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's not a Randy Johnson or a pre steroids, Roger Clemens or anything like that. You know, he is, you know, a guy who just, has a fifth spot in the rotation and happens to have thrown a perfect game. Right. So why do we feel it's so necessary to knock him down? Why can we not just celebrate him and and the accomplishment? And yeah. and to kind of further that, why do we feel that way about people in general where we we have the need to knock them down pegs? Like it's a right that we have as human beings, a celebrity. Why are the celebrities the ones who always have to be knocked down a peg? They're the ones who, you know, go in the dunk tank, if you will. You know, why Why is it that, why do we have to use that to make the the plebeians, the, 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 the standard, you know, citizen who is nothing, so to speak, how, why do they have to be the ones who have to feel better about themselves by telling off, you know, or putting putting celebrities in their place? Right. You know, and, and that's not to say that celebrities and, and people who, who achieve that stuff don't, you know, don't have their own issues. I mean, how many times have we talked about celebrities where we're just like, this guy doesn't get it, you know, understand what the working man does. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we don't care about the opinions that they 
that they have on issues where they know nothing about it. You know, I think back to the Ricky Gervais speech from the Golden Globes years ago where, you know, he started the whole thing off by saying, all of you in this room, you know, get your award, thank your agent, thank your God, and go and sit down and shut up. You know nothing about real life. You know nothing about what the average American and the average human has to endure on a regular basis. Don't preach to anybody. And the room was like practically silent, and yet everyone at home was kind of like, yes, mm. you know? So why is it that in along the same terms, we have to do this to, we have to drag her mom through the mud and basically say, sure, you may have pitched a perfect game, but we'll never let you forget that you committed an act of domestic violence. Right. Yeah, I would say that if it was, I mean, if he had done something to cheat in the game, that would be different. Mm -hmm. But he didn't, I mean, to my knowledge, he didn't. Well, not, not in that game, but earlier in, in the season. Right. That's what they're trying to make a claim for as well. Right. So, I mean, it's tricky because, like, what do you say about Barry Bonds, right? I mean, yeah, Barry Bonds, I guess his whole deal was that he was he was juicing yeah <laughs> for a long time oh yeah um and it was his 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 that was it was practically laced into his game um but i mean would you say that this is an instance of can we separate the art from the artist i would say so this is I mean, this is the michael jackson if you will yeah you know because, again not to compare I mean, domingo herman to michael jackson I mean, Domingo Herman hasn't been. How long has he been playing? Uh, he came over from the Marlins in a trade about. I think it was a, like middle mid two thousand ten something like that. Okay, so he's so, been playing for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I feel like you you have to isolate the feet. Yeah. You know, of saying, oh well, he threw out. 27 you know 27 batters yeah I mean that's I mean that's pretty that's you know <laughs> doesn't happen every day no and I think that um it the fact that it only happened 24 times in history you kind of have to take a step back and look at that and be like yeah I think that you know that I think that you have to respect the accomplishment itself. You don't necessarily have to like Domingo Herman. You're not no one's saying you have to like him. No one's saying you have to you have to worship the ground on which he walks. Okay. But when you look at his accomplishment, you gotta be like, you gotta you gotta tip your hat to him. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. That's a pretty that's a pretty that's a pretty awesome thing he did there. Um that doesn't happen very often. So um yeah, I think this could be considered separating the art from the artist. Um I think that you what's I guess the big thing I was I was just reading an article about um sort of not not sports related but uh, Herbert von Karajan was a, a conductor, Austrian-born conductor, who 
was a um he he's been dead a long time uh, since i think the 70s or 80s 80s 90s 80s anyway he the was, 1780s now yeah. <laughs> no he was um when the nazis took power he was he was a member of the nazi party and 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 um he kind of you know supported them because basically because he had nowhere else to turn uh, at the time he was already in austria and um it was almost really, a survival tactic it sounds yeah, like right i mean he did it because he had to or else he would they i mean excommunicate yeah. or kill him right so you know people then are saying oh well should we should we listen to his music I'm like yes you you here's the thing that this goes this goes along with the whole woke mob thing too right i we are allowed to listen to we are allowed to have feelings and thoughts about something without other people telling us how to feel mm -hmm. we are allowed to have opinions about like domingo herman we are allowed to say wow let's we can respect the fact that he threw a perfect game we, we're allowed to say that we're allowed to have opinions about uniforms we're allowed to do right. this we're allowed to do that yeah you're allowed to speak your mind you we all we don't exist in a hive mind here right we are allowed to say things that other people might disagree with 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 which other people might disagree thank you thank you you're welcome um like another example Spitfire Audio is a production comp music production. They produce samples, right? Okay. And the uh, the, the founder, um, I think Christensen was his last name. Um, I can't remember the first name, but he spoke out in support of J.K. Rowling and her transphobic remarks. And everyone was like, nope, stop using this product now. Don't don't use it anymore. And then someone came on like maybe a year ago on Twitter and said, is it okay for us to use Spitfire audio plugins again? And I'm like, dude, come on. It was always okay. You, it was always okay. Yeah. You are allowed to think for yourself. You yeah. are allowed. You can technically have an opinion about anything. You are allowed to have an opinion about anything. That's why we live in a country where you are free to talk about anything right now does that i mean obviously you have to use your best judgment there there are situations in which it might not always be okay to say certain things um but in the privacy of your own home especially what different i mean if you're around familiar company right or you're by yourself who cares like well, the the other part of it too is about the you know the let the free market economy dictate what you want to do in that if if in that example with spitfire if everybody without having to create the woke mob mentality decided we're going to boycott this because we don't like what he does right that's that would be a reason to to start to really i don't want i'm, I'm again i'm saying this off off the cuff to judge him if you will 
because because the product, the company, is now being hurt because of the person at the top of the food chain. Um, Christian Henson, that was his name. Okay. Now, by contrast, if all we're doing is talking about it, but we're not actually like making a stink about it, mm-hmm. like what are you going to do? Who can't? You know, now now we're literally worried about, um, you know, just just. Oh, how do we feel about this? Can we feel this? Can we feel it's right. it was like the not and I and I don't want to endorse him in any way, shape or form. Uh, you know, just I just want to bring him up as as, as part of a of a discussion. Remember the whole Colin Kaepernick thing when he was with the yeah. the, the 49ers and talking about, oh, he can't say this. He can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, regardless yeah. of my opinion about the whole thing. OK, the, the, the thing is that it was the free market economy that was going to force any change. If, if 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 there was going to be an actual change made, you had to hit the 49ers in the pocketbook. And as far as we know, so to speak, that never happened because yep. there were plenty of people who did not care. They kept rooting for the 49ers. They kept going right. to the games. They kept buying the merchandise, okay? Right. Again, this is not an endorsement of Colin Kaepernick. This is trying. This is trying to objectively look at the situation and talk about how that should have been affected. And the same thing right. kind of happens here: is that okay? If it's that big of a deal to you, don't you know? Don't go to Yankee games. Don't don't watch when Herman is pitching. What you know, and that's fine. And you have every right to do that. Sure, you have every right to do that. But remember that it is the free market that ultimately will determine whether or yep. not something happens. You know, Dave and, Chappelle. Dave right. Chappelle is another example. The closer. I mean, yep. like, come on. You. That's a. It was for like months. It was the highest grossing special on Netflix. Right. And and if you don't like it, stop complain. Just, just don't shut watch. up. Shut yeah. up and cancel your Netflix account. Then. Yep. Get rid of it. Yeah. No. Oh, because there are things that you like on Netflix. Oh, so you're able to accept the cognitive dissonance. Then. Yes. You are able to be ambivalent. That's right. good. Yes. You don't have to watch the closer, but you like, you know, it just use your best judgment on what I, you what you feel is to do, but don't I, force other people. Right. I don't like Daniel Craig as James Bond. I'm not going to spend a lot of time watching his movies, but I can't deny the fact that he made five movies as James Bond. Right. And I can make arguments about whether or not I consider it canon, but none of that changes. Oh, I I refuse to accept that this even exists. Right. And he's a good you know? actor. Absolutely, he's, he's a he's a great actor. Yep. Same he thing just, with he just know? sucked in that role, in my yeah. opinion, and that's my opinion. Right. Okay. And then the same thing also for like the sequel trilogy with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't deny the fact that episodes seven, eight, and nine exist. What I can say is that. They were dumpster fires. It's not my Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> and <my> in <laughs> terms of what they I like to... canon to me. <laughs> right. They may not be canon to me, okay? <laughs> but I'm not going to go around and tell people, like, if you believe that these are canon or if you like these, you are a horrible human being and right. you can't be You're in my life. You're allowed to like them. You're exactly. allowed to say that they're fun space adventures. Sure. Go ahead. We said the right. same thing about the prequels for crying out loud. The difference was that the prequels came out in a non-social media world. Right. You know, and now the prequels look like, you know, holy relics of 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 beauty. Right. By comparison. 
Yeah. You know, because of how they age, because of the, the generation that grew up with them. Right. You know, yeah. it's it's the same thing. I say the same thing about any serial piece of art or any anything of serial nature. I, you know, if, if you don't want to talk about movies that are in series like that, talk about U.S. presidents. OK, mm -hmm. the opinion of a U.S. president changes significantly after he has left office. OK, but by comparison to the leaders that follow him. Or her, it does, you know, gender does not determine whether or not someone can be president. It's just that the presidents that we have had to this point have all been male. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble, people. That's a fact. Okay, if I'm getting canceled over that, over mm -hmm. over facts, mm -hmm. not saying yeah, a woman. Might, I know. Might I'm be, not saying a woman can't be president. For... What I'm saying is that every president that we have had to this point has been a man. Right. And if that's a problem for some people. Kill yourself. The sad, don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The sad thing is that it is a problem. It is. That's part of the. That's part of the big issue right. here. And right? if you don't like it, change it. Don't go back and change history. Can't do it. Get a woman in the White House. Then be the change that you want to see. Exactly. And and yeah. the same thing goes. You know, it, it all goes. It all kind of ties together. Whether we're talking about Domingo Herman, Yankee uniforms, All Star uniforms, anything. It's that. You're allowed to have an opinion, and you're allowed to express the opinion, but it shouldn't be in a in a detrimental way that either forces people to believe what you believe, or that where you have to you have to retort to everybody. You if you can't live in in ambivalence, if you can't live in cognitive dissonance. That's that's a you issue. That's not an us issue. Right. You know, I like to I like to kind of think of a lot of these issues as a pendulum in that, you know, we grow up with with these ideas where the pendulum is stuck on one side, which is fine. That's how we grow up. We have these ideas and we you know, we 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 believe these things and whatnot. And during different points in our lives, the, the pendulum swings to the far other side. And that first swing can be very difficult. And, and then the rest of our lives, we spend trying to get that pendulum to slowly come down into the center and just come to rest, you know, and it can be, it can be about any issue. It can be, you know, think about it in terms, you know, again, we'll just use any random celebrity. We put a celebrity up on a pedestal and they're on this side of the pendulum. They do one thing to screw up all of a sudden they're all the way over here. And then the rest of our lives, we have to spend kind of rationalizing can we get to that middle where we say i loved this person as a as, as a celebrity i loved their work i loved what they did they had bad parts too and i i can separate that this side from that side and say i'm you know i like this i didn't like that that's right. called humanity because yeah. we're all in that boat we all we all have those sides yeah there are parts of me that are on this side and parts of me that are on this side. And I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who think Jack is over here all the time. But when they see Jack over here, they're like, oh, no, that's not the Jack Furlong I know. You know, and then all of a sudden there's, you know, th that pendulum is swinging and whatnot. People are multidimensional. Yes. Like, we have to accept that. We're imperfect. We have our imperfections, you know, and 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 whether that's, you know, a, a, an imperfect person pitching a perfect game or people controlling a company trying to make a buck through uniforms or whatever you know i mean these these are the things that exist and we're again i'll i'll state it again for for strength and purpose we are allowed to have these opinions 
and we're allowed to express these opinions so long as we respect the fact that we can't change facts, we can't change history, and other people are allowed to have opposite opinions. Yeah. And we and and using good sportsmanship, we should be able to have that mature discussion in a good, healthy way. Yeah. You know? I agree with that. I can I can I can I can feel some sort of hurt or letdown by the Yankees putting a patch on their uniform. It, but that's the world. I mean, that's that's the pendulum effect. It's I thought the Yankee uniform was sacred. They do this. It swings all the way over here. And now I got to spend the rest of my life kind of letting it come to rest in the center. Yeah, it's going to be what it's going to be. Right. Well, this turned into a therapy session. It did. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show you that sportsmanship begins outside the field of competition. Yes. And then really the field of competition is the last step you yeah. have to you know it's because it starts in the mind yeah in the psyche yep and 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 the field of competition is the catalyst that we use to apply it mm -hmm. you know it is the vehicle the medium if you will to allow us to see the insides of the brain and 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 the character and how how a person operates with that it kind of exposes us to what's really going on inside the the brain of somebody right yeah well i think um i think i want to go use your washer now okay and I, i'm gonna eat lunch because i'm starving i'm gonna eat breakfast because i'm starving ah and then you're gonna go to work and i'm gonna go play golf and you hate me oh go fuck yourself for a second um one one thousand i was quick which is funny because that's what I say to you on the golf course sometimes. Every time you have a great shot and then you complain about it, and then I'm just yeah, like, do me a favor. Don't ever say that again. You, know? <laughs> you just you just you just got on the green in regulation and your ball's two feet from the cup. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't hit it right. Hey, right. <laughs> and I want to complain about my finances. <laughs> And my washing machine only has hot water. <laughs> I like your impression of me. My washing machine, no, my only, washing machine has only has hot water. <laughs> I like I like the impression that you just did of me doing the impression of you because of, of what how your voice has changed over the years and whatnot. Now how I have yeah. to do this to make you I sound, sound like yeah. I'm gonna use that from now on. Okay. That is gonna okay. now be an ongoing gag that I will take to my grave. Good. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh uh, no, no, we can. We can. No, we can. Yeah. Well, my Waluigi now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're actually you're more like Wario. Waluigi number one. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? I don't. I'll end with this. I don't know if you ever did this. I did this a lot when um, Mario Kart Double Dash came out for the GameCube. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Waluigi was a character. He would say those things, Waluigi time, you know, or and then uh, <laughs> things like that. Mm -hmm. If you get shrunk down as Waluigi mm -hmm. and then you throw an item, you hear. <laughs> so I specifically <laughs> would do things like I would I would play as him and wait for my, you know, other people to shrink me down just so that I can get an item and go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight 
of my 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 collegiate experience and that's autism and that's autism yes <laughs> that is <laughs> this podcast is rated I m for that. immature i know I, you do i respect that <laughs> yes yes you 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 can live in the ambivalence of mm -hmm. my autism there you go yeah see now that people are turning us off because of who we are right okay well shall we uh, wrap this one here sounds good okay uh sean thank you as always of course and uh, remember, everybody, osipfoundation.org, podcast at osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Book is on Amazon. Apparel is on Bonfire. YouTube has some stuff. Uh, thank you again to everybody joining us, for everyone who contributed to the gala. And uh, we'll talk to everybody in just a few short weeks. And until then, uh, Domingo Herman still pitched a perfect game. The Yankees are still putting a patch on their jerseys. I'm not sure I like that. The presidents have been human and male and treat each other with respect. Producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.